Welcome to the Bunker Hill Cheesecast, brought to you by Heine's Cheese Chalet, a little place with big taste. I'm Missy Horsfall, Director of Tourism Relations. So what's this language that you hear people speaking when you come to Amish country? Pennsylvania Dutch is an American language that developed from the immigration of German speakers to colonial Pennsylvania. Many scholars call it Pennsylvania German in order to differentiate the historical connection to German since the language is not actually Dutch or from the Netherlands. Although many believe the word Dutch came from a mistranslation of the German word Deutsch, many scholars recognize that earlier in British and American English, both the word Dutch and the word German could refer to speakers of what we would call German. Dutch had more of an informal ring to it, and since most active speakers of Pennsylvania Dutch have been rural dwellers, they identified themselves with Dutch. This also distinguished them from European Germans or German Americans. Originally, Pennsylvania Dutch was familiar to about 81,000 German-speaking immigrants in colonial Pennsylvania, but only about 5% of these immigrants were Amish or Old Order Mennonite. Today, the reverse is true, and the Amish and Mennonite communities are the ones who are actively using it and passing it on to their children. Most Amish children, although they are taught Pennsylvania Dutch from birth, generally learn to read and write in English when they begin school. What may not be understood by many is that most Pennsylvania Dutch speakers are ethnically Swiss and that before emigrating to the U.S. in the 18th century, many of their ancestors were persecuted in Switzerland for their Anabaptist beliefs and fled to Germany where they picked up the German dialect that is the linguistic ancestor of Pennsylvania Dutch. So not only is there Pennsylvania German or Dutch, but there is also the Amish-Swiss-German dialect spoken mostly in Indiana. Confused yet? These languages, or dialects if you prefer, are far from identical, but most Amish-Swiss-German speakers can understand Pennsylvania Dutch. The reverse isn't always true, perhaps because Pennsylvania Dutch is more closely related to the dialects that gave rise to the written standard German, which Amish learned in order to read the Bible. Think of it this way. Have you ever visited the Deep South, or if you are Southern-born, the Far North? And even though you know you're both speaking English, you're having trouble understanding each other? Languages change and develop over time. In fact, I can think of several words that I used as a child that have changed meaning over the course of the last five decades. Today we're talking to Esther Slabaugh about growing up Amish and talking Dutch. Thanks for joining me today, Esther. Good morning, Missy. It's good to be here. Again, <laughs> for one of our uh, sort of, in, I don't want to think, say it's an interrogation. It's not. It's just questions no, I it's, have. No, it's questions and it's just a conversation. It is a conversation. And I think people find it fascinating, as I do, because it's learning something new about a culture that we know a little about but not a lot about. And a lot of assumptions are made about the Amish and the Amish culture which really is what we do as a whole. Like we make a lot of assumptions about other people. We do. Based on everything, you know, where they live, where they're from, how they talk. I mean, uh, all kinds of things that, you know, lead us down the wrong path. And so talking to you about the Amish culture just opens it up to more understanding and I think more appreciation of, of the kind of choices and lifestyle that the Amish choose to make and how their focus truly is on faith, family, and community and what that means. And so today, as we talk about language, it's odd to us because those, a lot of people who live in the United States 
English is their first language, but we have a lot of immigrants where that, is, that isn't true. Uh, maybe Spanish is, maybe, uh, who knows, it, whatever, wherever you're from, that's your first language, right. and, then, and then English is your second language. And that's true for the Amish, because as a young child, your children in the home, as far as I'm aware, they speak and are taught Pennsylvania Dutch. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yes, I actually, um, we adopted our children. So our children came to us not being able to talk Dutch. So oh. their their actual first language was English. Wow. And within a month, they were talking Dutch. You know, it's it funny. absolutely amazing. Kids really have that. And I don't, I don't know that much about early childhood development, but I do know that their brains are primed and ready to learn language. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, think of, you know, that's yes. what happens when you're young, you, as you you know, get to a, a place where you're beginning to learn language and learning how to speak and talk. And so they absorb all those things. So learning a second language, that's a great time to do it. Yes. They were actually um, very, they were exposed to it before they came to us, but they were not able to talk it. I mean, a couple of words, like good and mush and gravy. That was my oldest daughter. She would say that all the time and that, that meant mashed potatoes and gravy mashed potato hey she knew what she wanted <laughs> absolutely <laughs> how old was she <clears throat> she was five five okay wow that uh, this puts a whole other twist on it too because you were i mean you were speaking dutch in your home just as a matter of course but you had to deliberately speak dutch to your children and teach them and what teach the them how yes and a lot of times what i did was i would say it in dutch and then i would i would say what i wanted to say in dutch and then I would say, and do you know what that means? And if they did, they repeated it back to me. Or if they said no, I would say it in English. I see. And that's how they learned it as fast as they did. Well, it's interesting. I, I can remember when I was in uh, sixth grade, my dad, who was in the military, was stationed in Taiwan. And so we took Chinese in school and learned it. And he, my dad had to get a Chinese tutor to learn to read and write it, which that uh, that's a whole different language there. Right. But, but I had one of my school friends, their younger sister was in kindergarten, and she was put in an immersive kindergarten where she was with all the other Chinese kids and learned it like lickety split. And I, I just remember how even as a child I found that fascinating, how fast she learned to speak a whole other language. And it hadn't been very long, and she was she would rattle off stuff in Chinese, and I think, how did you learn that so fast, you know? But, and again, if, if it's immersed, like, you know, right. living in your home or something like that, that makes it easier, too. You're sort of forced yes. into, You're into forced, using it. Yes, kind of forced into it. I actually grew up, though, um, for the first six years of my life, I talked completely Dutch. I was not, I did not learn English until I went to first grade. Did you understand any of it? Did you hear it anywhere or? Uh, I can't really remember that. I know that we had English friends that would stop by sometimes and I would imagine I was inquisitive enough that I would try to understand what they're saying I don't really know I don't remember learning English it just kind of like I just I don't know I don't remember the learning part of that in our community it's interesting to me because even English people speak Dutch because of their background maybe they were raised Mm -hmm. Amish or maybe they uh, their grandparents were their parents were or just living in the community long enough they've picked up Right. You know, some phrases or how to speak it or any of those things. And it's always startling to me. And I know even when I'm at work, I, uh, you know, I pick up the phone and 
I'd answer the phone, somebody starts speaking to me in Dutch, and I'd be, I feel really bad, but I have to say, I'm sorry, I, have, I, I don't understand, I don't know what you're yeah. saying. And then they would speak English, you know, so uh, parts of me feels a little bit like, hmm, maybe I should learn another language, but, uh, you know, teaching an old dog new tricks, <laughs> what's that saying, whatever, whatever that is. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, a number of years ago, we were, we did some videos on some on some Dutch language lessons, and it was such a hoot because there, there's no way. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't. I could speak it, and you couldn't understand me anyway because <laughs> I just did such a bad job of it. So I, you know, my dad was German. He was from a German family, knew it, uh, and he, in his later years, had had told me that he he wished that he had taught us as we were younger how to speak it because then it would have been easier. But um, but I didn't know my grandparents, and so I was never around anyone speaking German. And again, Pennsylvania Dutch and German have some similarities, but they're also very different, aren't they? They are very different. Um, reading the Bible, I can read the Bible in German and know what I'm reading. And they actually tell me I've not read the Pennsylvania Dutch Bible, but there is one. Oh. And I have not tried to read it, but they say it's actually kind of hard to get into, like, once you get into it to where you actually, it flows, it's okay. But to start with, it's actually kind of hard because mm. you're so used to the high German. I see. And the, the way of translating, too, from what I've read, is a little bit different in terms of translating the original meaning or maybe drawing from the, the English more. Yes. So. And, and that is one thing that you'll notice now is if you're talking Dutch in now in this day and age, a lot of like Missy would probably pick up the gist of what we're saying because there's so many English words mixed in. Mm -hmm. And like she said, it does change over the years. Yeah. I don't know that Pennsylvania Dutch was ever actually a quote unquote pure language, but, but language as it developed, I mean, it certainly is what it is now. And it's being taught and passed down to the younger generation. There's not fewer people speaking Dutch. There's just as many or more depending right. on the population of the Amish communities. Right. Yeah, and I'm curious because you were nodding when I was talking in the monologue about the uh, Indiana. Oh, yeah. That it's Swiss, it's Swiss yes. German, Swiss Amish German. It's not actually Pennsylvania Dutch. And the reason is because there's a of, difference. There's a, it, it's the emigration path. That there's Schweitzel. Took. Schweitzel. What's that mean? Swiss. Swiss. Oh, Schweitzel. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's exactly as I said, the immigration, the, the persecution in Switzerland scattered people and some went the route of Germany and some went northern. And the, as they emigrated to the United States, the languages that they picked up over the years, mm -hmm. that, it, that comes out clearly. So, yes. Can you understand the Swiss? We have a friend that is actually from Bern, Indiana, or Davis, Bern or Davis, I'm not sure which one. And he has, he is Swiss, like he has a Swiss accent. And sometimes with the way he rolls his words, it is something that's harder to understand. And then I also have a friend from Germany, and I've had him talk to me just to see if I can listen, yeah. if I can get what he's saying. I can get the gist of it, just like you can get the gist of what you're saying in Dutch, but it's hard, hard to actually 
completely understand what he's saying. I would venture to say that many people in the community have picked up some Dutch, maybe not the best mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of uh, phrases. Words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, human nature is human nature, right? But generally speaking, in the area, the Amish, I mean, they, they, they're bilingual. They don't have any yes. problem speaking English or Dutch. Despite what their preference may be, they, they right. go from one language to another. Some of them easily. you will actually hear that they do a worse job talking English than they do Dutch. Really? Oh, yeah. If yeah. you Because of the accent. Can, yeah, right? well, you can always hear, we call it Dutchified. It's when they have, like, I would say one, two, three. They would say one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Like, you can yeah. hear that. Um, this, that, and the. They would say dis, that, and the. Right, with the Just, D. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A different, yeah. It depends on how, uh, learning any language, how culturally dialect correct you want to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I actually give my, the school I went to from grade three to seven, that's where I learned to properly talk English. Mm -hmm. We had not Amish teachers, and I give them the credit mm. for correcting their students when they didn't talk it properly, the English. And, and learning English, we've talked about this before when you went to school, what that was like, because you didn't speak English, and suddenly right. you're being taught in English and you're being told you have to learn how to speak it. Right. Those first few <laughs> few days and the, uh, maybe even the year or so. It had to be tough. hard. I don't, I don't, can't recall that much, but it had to be hard. Absolutely. But again, at a younger age, that immersion that we talked about, right. you, you, there's something in your brain that quickly latches onto that, and you can kind of uh, pick up on that a little bit easier maybe than someone else. And there are people that are really gifted in languages and can speak multiple languages. Right. So linguistics, I mean, I think it's like anything else. that You may have a gift for it, you, and you may not. So one thing I do want to say, though, is if I talk to someone from Indiana, I can usually tell they're from Indiana without... Be is it just the, because of their accent? Their accent. And then so Pennsylvania the same way. It's the same thing as if, if somebody from from Mobile, Alabama came here to Ohio, we would we would we know. Would, yes. Right? Yes. Uh, or we went there, we would know. Yes. My sister has well, she's kind of turned southern. She's lived in the south most of her life now. She wasn't born there, but she married a southern mm -hmm. boy and her family speaks a deep southern accent. I can remember my husband talking to my niece, and she said, I call a fish. And he said, <laughs> uh, uh, pardon me, a, a what? I don't, I don't understand. And she said, I call a fish. And she, she said it about three times, and he finally said, oh, you caught eight fish. And she said, huh? <laughs> it's like they just couldn't quite make the connection there. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so, you know. That is, that's absolutely true with all the different areas. They all have, even though they all speak Dutch, they all speak the what I would say Pennsylvania Dutch, it's different. Yeah. It just is. So so now at this point in your life, of course, and where you work at Heine's, so you work with, you do work with some Amish employees. You're sort of the bridge, I would say, between the Amish and English employees. You, you, probably, you probably do both every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We talk all Dutch at home. We don't talk English at home rarely. I mean... It actually seems weird to talk English at home. It really does. Wow. So that's kind of where your comfort level is. So, yeah. yeah. Now, at work and other places, is it hard to go back and forth? At times, like, it just happened to me this morning. One of the Amish girls came up and asked me a question. I turned around. I was talking to um, it, Sherry, and she's not Amish. 
And so one of the Amish girls came up and asked me a question, and I told her what to do in Dutch. And Did she like, ask in Dutch? It. Oh, yeah. She okay. asked in Dutch. Okay. And explained everything to her, and then I turned around, and I'm like, I'm so sorry about the Dutch. I said, I'll try to do better because I'm trying to train um, Sherry to, to lead up there, and she needs to understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So that is something I want to work on. Well, and it's, but it is, I, it's, it's really hard because sometimes you wonder it. I wish I knew what you were saying, but I don't know what you're saying. And some people find it like, oh, well, don't speak Dutch in front of me. But it's, right. it's such a natural thing. It'd be it like is. me not speaking English. Well, now, that's the language I know. Had the girl that asked the question been English and talked Dutch, I would have probably answered in English. Just because it's so ah. much easier. For some reason, the, the Amish-dressed person, you talk Dutch to. That's just It's just in your mind you it's do just, that. Yeah, yeah, natural. Well, and, and that's how you've done it forever, right? Right. The English world and the Amish world, even though we intermingle so much, it's still separate in a lot of ways. And, and definitely in the same conversation. I just had a conversation with a girl before I stopped here or be- when I got here. This morning I was on a conversation and we started the conversation in English and then we ended it in Dutch. So, yes. so switching over is just kind of seamless. Just natural. Yeah. yeah, and I've seen you and heard you do that with your kids. You'll start in English and it's almost as if, Okay, this is just going to be easier if I say it in Dutch, you know. And uh, that's absolutely true. <laughs> go go to what's comfortable. It's We're- more. Um, I feel like maybe I feel like they listen more. Is that it? I don't know. Well, it's it's your, the language of your family. You know right. what I'm saying? It's kind of what they're used to and how they uh, how you communicate. And so you go to what's more natural, I would say, and what's absolutely. more easier. Yeah. Would you say was the English language? hard to learn i'm part of me is thinking that pennsylvania dutch is not necessarily a written language although it it can be written it's not really something you do as a whole no it's i mean i can sometimes in text people that are amish or that were amish and are no longer amish but you know they can talk dutch i mean sometimes i'll say dutch i'll type dutch words i just sound it out it's not that Oh, I know exactly how to spell that. It's just, I sound it out. Yeah. So you didn't learn Pennsylvania Dutch as a written language. No, yeah. Did not. Yeah. And English is so, with its rules and <laughs> gr- I did learn how to write that. the ABCs in German. Oh, really? Not that I can, but, that but I learned taught. it. Was that, and was that for the purposes of reading the Bible? Because yeah. that's what you had. Yeah. And I remember our conversation uh, previously where you said listening uh, your kids had trouble understanding when it, when in church the Bible mm-hmm. was read from the High German. Right. So language is, languages are fascinating, and I think uh, when you live in a kind of a bilingual world, part of me is like, oh, that's so fascinating. I wish I I wish I'd learned another language. I wish mm-hmm. I had learned, uh, and I I tried. I mean, I did study French in school, but I never had a chance to use it. So all those years, it really didn't <laughs> do me much good. But in an area where there's other languages spoken, I think even trying to trying to communicate or learning to communicate, for me, from my perspective, is one way of trying to bridge the, the cultural right. gap there, if there is one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, particularly if you went to a foreign country, but, but even in a, in a separate culture where there's a separate language being spoken. And on the flip side of that, I, I know many of my Amish friends are, are considerate about speaking Dutch in front of me because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, what, you know, if they say something, they'll tell me what they said or they'll try not to speak Dutch or if if we're talking in English and they switch to Dutch, then they'll, you know, they'll say, I, I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> I've said that before. <laughs> there's, there's no translation here. Let me just put it out there, uh, which is also kind of interesting. I have actually at times, there's been times when I've said, I don't know how to say this in, in English. I know how to say it in Dutch, but, and then I ask someone and then they'll be like, well, it would, and it's not as, maybe not as dramatic in English as it was in Dutch. Yeah. Like I can't, I, I thought of that word, but I was like, well, that's not dramatic enough. That's yeah. not what I wanted. So. No, I really want to use this. For, give me a, for instance, it, yeah. what, what word? Oh what gosh, word? Can now you you're putting me on the spot. Um, uh, the word that I can think of right now is schusli. It's schusli. The translation would be clumsy, but I would actually say it's a hurried clumsy. It's oh, not just clumsy. Like it's a you're, you're clumsy because you're, you're hurrying too fast. Yeah. You're trying too mm -hmm. fast. Yes, I see. That's when you're schusli. You're sh you say that again. Schusli. Schusli. <laughs> see, I told you I'm terrible. I uh, yeah. Wow. Schus. Schusli. Schus. <laughs> oh yeah. Now you know why those videos were so funny. Schusli. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. It's the it's the rolling your tongue. It is. Well, and you know, this is interesting because that's my, my father, my father was born in, in America, but he spoke German all his life because he was the youngest of the children. And when they immigrated, the, his parents immigrated right be before he was born. So the rest of the family, born in Germany, spoke German, he spoke German. I have, and I, I have nothing, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So it kind of ended there. So it's not a genetic thing at all, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's maybe not even a, uh, a it's a practice thing because it's not a skill set for me that I have. I don't think I would have to really work at it. But. So my youngest daughter actually um, cannot roll her R's. Really? She cannot roll her R's. So um, we would say gri for green, mm -hmm. for grass, or gross, that's grass. And she would say gri and gross. I see. Like she yeah. doesn't do the the rolling, the rolling of the of, R. Of the yeah. R. Wow. We well, tried. We tried to teach. We tried to get her to, but we quit because she can't. And again, that's not unusual in any culture. People struggle with their speech. Oh and, yeah. You know, we have speech. You know. Yeah. Therapists it's not, for a reason. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's not a. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just interesting that that is actually something that is a. I don't know. Is it a gift? It's an ability, say. maybe, an to ability. roll your R's. Yes, an ability okay. to roll your R's. So if you can roll and your R's. And if you want to really talk Dutch, you pretty much have to roll your R's. Yeah. Well, say a complete sentence to me today, or like what you're doing. What are you doing today? Or give me just Va some words. Was bist du und du het? Was bist du Okay, I'm trying to think of something. Because sometimes I hear Dutch and I'm like, oh, I totally know what that means. And when, like, when you said green or grass, well, mm -hmm. yeah, that I can hear that in there so I can make the connection. Ehop kuha kat for breakfast. See there? I would say, oh, you're asking me what I had for breakfast. I'm assuming. That's not what I said. <gasps> what did you say? I said I had cake for breakfast. Oh, say it again. Ehop kuha kat for breakfast. Well, that sounds like a lovely breakfast to me. Uh, but see again. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm making assumptions. I didn't have cake for breakfast. <laughs> I'm making assumptions. I wish I had cake for breakfast. I wouldn't mind cake for lunch. Uh, or dinner, for that matter. But it, making assumptions, it's in, it's interesting. Ich zähle Salat habe für Mittag. I hear salad. Did I hear mm -hmm. salad? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, what did you say? Lunch. So I'm going to have a salad for lunch. You are going to have a salad for lunch. All right. Well, boy, you're really making me think here, Esther, how, how, um, <laughs> how I'm interpreting things. But isn't that true just of life? Even if you speak the same language, we can interpret things the wrong way all the time. So I'm yes. not surprised when it's a different language involved. Uh, and pick up your phone and text and interpret what someone texts to you. It can say exactly what you read, but put a tone of voice to it. Yes. Completely different thing. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? I'm really thankful for, really thankful for body language and being able to be face mm -hmm. to face with people because you, you do pick up more yes, things than you realize. Absolutely. Uh, whether you're speaking the same language or a different language or whatever. I mean, I remember as a kid when, again, when we were in Taiwan, we, we lived off base and, uh, we lived sort of in a, our house was all walled in with um, bars in the windows and barbed wire on top of the fence. I mean, we, it was just the way they built the houses there to keep thieves out. But right next to us was a church. Like we could hear them. We could hear them singing in Chinese. And my brother and I were playing ball. We kicked the ball over the wall. So we had to go out of our little compound, our wall, to go around. And there were a bunch of little Chinese kids that were playing with our ball. And we just started playing with them. So we played with them probably for half a day, not understanding a word, like literally oh, not that's a word, what they said. We had the best time. But, you know, just body language, you know, they'd laugh or they'd point or we, you know, we kind of made ourselves and you understood. Still, you mm -hmm. still could be understood. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> there you have it, folks, if you are, are willing to engage with people and uh, and communicate as best you can. And I find people who, I mean... Um, if you attempt, if you try, mm -hmm. they appreciate that because that's, you're trying yes, to make the connection, very true. right? Yes. Um, even if you get it all wrong, <laughs> <laughs> like me. So, oh my goodness. Well, Esther, thank you once again for coming and talking to me about some things that I'm really curious about. And I feel like our listeners are curious about too. So how do, how do I say thank you and goodbye in Dutch? Uh, thank you and goodbye is actually, that's how you say it in the Dutch. <laughs> Actually, hang on. We're going to take that out. Okay. Salk dank is thank you, but that is not the Pennsylvania Dutch thank you. That's in the high German. Really? So danke. 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 But really in, in Dutch, they say it in English. They do. Mm -hmm. Well, that's very interesting. I was taught to say thank you, not danke. So essentially, when you're speaking Dutch, do you say goodbye to each other? I mean, you do say goodbye to each other. You we usually say, say see ya. See ya? Okay. Yeah. That is kind of fascinating to me because you do hear a lot of what we would say, oh, that's English. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily English. It's part of what the Pennsylvania Dutch has, you know, grown into. And it's probably absorbed a lot of English words. But yes. English itself has absorbed a lot of words from other languages, too. It has. So, um, so, so say, say something else to me. Let me see if I can. Vasta studu maya. What do you something, Maya? What's Maya? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? Yes, oh, that's what I said. Look at me. I knew it was a question. Yes. And I knew it was a question about, like, what are you or what mm -hmm. you. Okay, cool. Do another one. That was fun. Ich zähle Maya Schaffer. Something about mm, tomorrow. Shopping? No. <laughs> <laughs> work. Schaffer. Schaffer. Is work. work. Are you working tomorrow? Is mm -hmm. that what the question was? I said, ich, I'm going to work tomorrow. Oh, you're going to work tomorrow. I'm going to work tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Esther, we got to work on these Dutch lessons. I'm not doing very good on them. So. Um, gleich du Baller spiele. Yeah, I know. I have no idea. 
do you like to play ball? Oh, very good. Very good. You were talking about playing ball with the Chinese kids. Yes. I don't think I could say that in Chinese anymore. I have a few words I remember, but that's about (laughs) it. (laughs) That would have been fun, speaking Dutch to the Chinese and seeing if they could understand that any better than our English. But, well, anything else you want to say in Dutch today before we leave? Das war ein großer Fanado. Ein guter Fanado. Das war ein guter Fanado. Oh, you got to say that one more time. Das war ein guter Fanado. What? What? <laughs> what does that mean? This was a good fun day. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> You're you. You're welcome. That's awesome. It was. It was everything you just said <laughs> that I can't repeat. It was a good, good and fun dog. dog. Good yeah. funnel dog. Okay. Hey, you did it. Hey, there we go. Oh, my goodness. Well, listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed our little conversation today and uh, maybe learned a little bit more about Pennsylvania Dutch. Thanks again, Esther, for joining me. You are welcome. And now it's time for Did You Know? Did you know that many of the Dutch idioms we use in English come from as far back as the late 17th century due to the conflicts Netherlands had with the English? Here's a few I heard growing up. Dutch courage, meaning liquid courage provided by alcohol. Dutch rub, to rub your knuckles across the top of someone's head while holding them under your arm. Dutch treat, when you go out to eat and each person pays for themselves. This is also known as going Dutch. In Dutch, in trouble, out of favor, under suspicion. To talk like a Dutch uncle, being stern and firm. Dutch cousins, close friends. Dutch door, a door divided horizontally so that the lower or upper part can be shut separately. Dutch oven, a heavy cast iron cooking pot. And finally, double Dutch, or all Dutch to me, which just shows a lack of knowledge or understanding on my part of what is being said. And now you know. 